0: I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive! Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound! Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep, B-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent is still unaware of Coco's troubles. But Jim Olsen, together with the reluctant Beanie Martin, dangerously go ahead on their own to prove the Pony song publishers are out-and-out crooks. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, I bet you don't hesitate these days when Mom asks you to run down to the grocery store for another package of Kellogg's Pep. No, sir. You want to get another comic button for your collection of this brand new series Pep is putting out. And if it should be a duplicate, you know, like one that you already have in your collection, well, all the better, sure, because then you can have the fun of finding out which one of your pals has one to trade with you and add a new comic strip character to your collection that way because you'll want to get all 18 of these brand-new pet comic buttons, Vitamin Flitheart, and the, the Little Moose and Cindy and Superman and all the rest. So hop to it, gang. Get going on your collection so that you can wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. Remind Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pet. Because that's the only way you can get these Pep comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But you'll find a comic button, an exclusive prize, in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And is Pep terrific when it comes to good eating at breakfast? Sunny and golden toasted, crisp and fresh as can be. Pep is called the sunshine cereal, you know. Gives you lots of good old sunshine vitamin D. So, ask mom to stock up on P.E.P., the Sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. Suspecting that Poco, editor White's little cook, has been swindled by racketeers posing as legitimate song publishers, Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen decided to investigate. With Beanie Martin, the Daily Planet copy boy, he visited the Metropolis Song Publishing Company and pretending to fall in with the racketeers' suggestion that they invest $250 in Poco's song, Jimmy and Beanie left to secure the money which they intended to pay in marked bills. But unknown to them, Professor Blessing and Froggy, the racketeers, noticed Jimmy's name on a story in the Daily Planet and became suspicious. When the two boys returned, Professor Blessing
0: told Froggy...
2: You keep them occupied in the outer office while I check up on Olsen. If he is a reporter and is trying to trap us, it'll be too bad for him and for his friend, too.
1: As we continue now, Professor Blessing has just phoned the Daily Planet and asked for the editor. A moment later, the phone rings in the office of Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. Listen. Hello? Uh, this is Miss Backrack, Mr. Kent. Yes? There's a gentleman on the phone who says he wants to check up on one of our reporters. Oh, all right. Put him on, Miss Backpack. i
2: Thank you. Oh, go ahead, sir. Hello?
1: Uh, hello, this is Clark Kent speaking. What can I do for you? There's
2: a young man claiming to be a reporter for your newspaper in my
1: office, Mr. Kent. Oh? But before I give him the information he wants, I want to be sure he is a reporter for your n- newspaper. Well, does not so he I... have his press card?
2: Uh, No, no, he says he's lost it. That's why I'm calling up to check. I see. Well, What's his name? Uh, he says it's Jim Olson.
1: Oh, yes. He's one of our reporters, Mr... Uh, 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 Anstruther. William Anstruther. Oh, is that all, Mr. Anstruther? Well, I must
2: be sure, since it would be easy for anyone to use a reporter's name, you understand.
1: And uh, my
2: information is highly important.
1: I see. Well, let me talk to him. I'll be able to identify him positively that way.
2: I, uh, I'd rather not do that, sir. What? You see, he's in another office right now, and I just as soon he didn't know I was checking up on him.
1: Oh. Well, look, I'll tell you what, Mr. Anstruther, if this fellow is an imposter, I want to know about it. Tell me where your office is and I'll be there in two shakes.
2: I'm clear across the city from you, Mr. Kent. Well, just the same, I can be there... Just qu- tell me this, sir. Is your Olsen a wiry youngster freckled with ginger-colored hair?
1: Well, yes, he and is. Does he
2: have a brown suit and a brown overcoat?
1: Why, yes. Yeah. Say, wait a minute, what is this story he came to see you about? Uh, thank
2: you, Mr. Kent, that's
1: all I want to know. No, wait a minute. Hello? Hello? Mr. Anstruther? Hello? Oh, confounded, he hung up.
3: Uh, are you ringing really... me?
1: Hey, uh, Miss Backrack, do you know what story Mr. White sent Jim Olson out on? Oh, I don't
3: think Mr. White gave him any assignment.
1: He hasn't been in yet today. Oh, yes, that's right. He told me he was staying with Poco until a nurse came. Well, Mr. Burroughs may have given Jim the assignment. Ring him for me, please. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you.
4: Burroughs, city desk.
1: Oh, look, Burroughs, this can't. I had a rather peculiar phone call just now.
4: Yeah, I get him all day long. No, no, wait
1: a minute. This was about Jim. What was this important story you sent him out on? I didn't send him out on any story. You sure? Of course I'm sure. Hmm, huh, something screwy here. All right, thanks, Burroughs. Huh. Beanie! Beanie Martin! I'll take your copy, Mr. Ken. Oh, oh, thanks, Mary. I have no copy. I just want to see Beanie.
3: Oh, he went out someplace with Jim.
1: With Jim? Where'd they go?
3: I don't know. Out on some story, I guess.
1: Well, what story? Where do you know?
3: Oh, no, sir. They didn't tell me.
1: Now think, Mary, Beanie or Jim might have said something, you know, dropped just some little remark about this story you say they went out for. Can you remember anything that might be a hint or a clue?
3: No, sir. They didn't say anything, Mr. Kenby. He just yelled out to me to take over because he had to cover a big story with Jim and then he and Jim rushed out. Is there something
1: wrong? I don't know. I hope not. I told Jim to wait right here till I got back. I impressed that on him, but apparently he disregarded what I said. Because he's gone and nobody seems to have given him an assignment. Gee, that's funny. Funny is hardly the word. I don't like this, Mary. I've got a hunch something's radically wrong with this picture. Worried, Clark Kent stands in the city room with copy girl Mary Hennig, wondering what next move to make. Meanwhile, the racketeer who calls himself Professor Blessing has just called Froggy his hulking flat-nosed henchman into his inner office.
4: Well, Froggy,
2: this young man Jim Olsen is a Daily Planet reporter, all right?
4: Oh, he is, eh? Okay, that's all I wanted to know. I'm gonna... Wait, Wait a minute. Come back here, you fool. But he's be doing... quiet. I don't want them to hear us. I don't care if they do. Will hear... you lower
2: your voice?
4: Am I running things
2: around here or are you?
4: But look, boss. If Olson is a reporter, he must be checking up on our racket. That means we got to take care of him first. Shut before... your big face and listen to me. Olsen and that beanie kid are still in the outer office, aren't they? Sure they are. And they can't get out either because I locked the door when they weren't looking. Good. Now look. I don't want them to be suspicious yet. See? Why not? You already found out Olsen is a reporter, didn't you? What else do you want to know? First, I want to find out if he's really wise to us and is trying to trap us. He must be. You don't think a reporter would fall for our song publishing racket, do you? Could be. I fooled plenty of smart people in my time, Froggy. Plenty of them. Sure, I know. Olsen is young.
2: It's just possible he believes we're on the up and up and that he'll be rich by investing money in his sucker friend's song.
4: Me? I don't think so. He don't look like no fish. It's possible, I said.
2: And I don't intend to have any rough stuff And give up this racket until I'm absolutely sure
4: We're doing too well I don't like taking chances on going back to jail If he's working with the cops Believe me, Froggy I'm not going to take any chances I've been out of jail a long time
2: And I like it that way I'll find out fast enough if Olson and his pal aren't
4: trying to trap us How are you going to find out? I'll show you Ask Olson and Martin to come in here Okay, Professor Oh, Froggy Yeah? You come back in here with them
2: Stand by the door. If I give you the sign,
4: you know what to do. I know what to do. Just leave it to me. Uh, Professor Blessing will see you now, gents. Come right in. A wide smile on his beefy face, Froggy hunches his
1: huge shoulders under his too tight frock coat and ushers the unsuspecting Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin into Professor Blessing's inner office. What will happen now? Unaware that they are under suspicion, Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin are in the inner office of the so-called Professor Blessing. Froggy lounges behind them, blocking the doorway, and softly singing Poco's song.
4: I know a girl whose name is Liz. Her friends all call her Lizzie. She, she took a her ride on the marriage
3: around. And now poor please, Lizzie said Please, Poor, poor Lizzie She's really in a tizzy Now, She goes round and around and around
2: and around Gentlemen, and around. please That's
3: why awesome. Lizzie's dizzy <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out, me. We're here on business Okay, Jim you know, that song of Pocos is really starting to get me.
2: It would. Yes, it's a delightful little ditty, isn't it? <laughs> really delightful. If it doesn't make us all rich, really rich, my name isn't Professor Lionel Cuthbert-Blissing.
3: Uh, you think it'll uh, make the hit parade, Professor?
2: It can't miss, Mr. Olsen. It can't miss. It positively can't. But um, uh, I know we're all anxious to get our uh, uh, preliminaries over with so that we can proceed with the publication of a song. I presume you've brought the $250? Oh, yeah. Here it is, Professor. Ah, I see you've brought it in cash. That's right. We well, yeah, haven't got a
4: checking account.
2: Once this song, uh, Dizzy Lizzy, is published, you'll have a large checking account. Hey, Frogger, Wilfred. You
4: said it, Professor. I need a truck to cut that door way in. Poor, poor Lizzie. She's really... That, that
2: will she- do, Wilfred, that will do. Now, let me see. I presume you boys want me to count this money and then uh, give you a receipt for it, right? Yeah,
3: now, that's right. Uh, we'd like it to say on the receipt that you're going to publish Poco's song right away, Professor. Uh,
2: You would, eh?
3: Uh-huh. You know, uh, just as a matter of business, that's all.
2: Hmm, of course.
3: Sure, that's all, just a matter of business.
2: Uh <clears throat> hmm Just as I thought.
3: Uh, What do you mean, Professor? You
2: know very well what I mean, you little rats. These bills are marked. Marked money, Mama,
3: What do you mean?
2: Don't give me that innocent stuff, Olsen. You thought you could trap me, eh? No, I... I... Why, I could spot a marked bill before you jerks were born. You should have known better than to try to play games with me. Okay, Froggy, let him have it. Yeah,
4: leave this to me, boss. Okay, you kids. Jim, look... He's got a gun. You bet I got a gun. And I'm going to use it on you.
1: Hailing, their hearts hammering. Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin stare at the Snubdome's revolver, which looks like a tiny toy in the huge hand of Froggy. Clark Kent, who commanded Jimmy to wait in the Daily Planet until he returned, is uneasy about his young friends, but unaware of their deadly peril. Now caught in their own trap, What can Jimmy and Feeney do? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's steps. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal.
0: Behold my glasses. Ooh, yeah, me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loop great subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Calabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! The train, lower box, What's with
1: He, 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 Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent is worried about the mysterious absence of his young co-workers. Unaware that Jimmy Olsen and Feeney Martin stand in dire peril of their lives. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, even if you tried, I'll bet you couldn't think of a more exciting prize than those comic buttons in that brand new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Think of it. Brenda Starr and Flash Gordon, Vitamin Flintheart, and Superman in full brilliant colors on sturdy white enameled metal buttons that look mighty swell pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. Eighteen new and different buttons in this new series to collect and to trade duplicates with your friends. Boy, what a hobby. What fun to compare notes on, on how many all the fellows and girls have collected and to look for a new one whenever Mom opens a new package of Pep. That's the easy way and the only way to get these comic buttons, you know. These bright-colored and keen-looking, believe me. So get busy on your collection, gang. It's easy as anything. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy these Pep comic buttons anywhere. You get them just by asking Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep and looking inside each package for your prize. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep is a prize package, all right. Such a super delicious dish for breakfast that, well, you practically can't resist it. Why, those toasted flakes of good whole wheat are crisp and golden and loaded with catchy sunshine flavor. Good for you, too. Sure, Mom knows that. So ask her to get you lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman. In a well-meaning attempt to recover $450, which Poco, editor Perry White's Little Cook, had been swindled out of by racketeers operating a bogus song publishing company, Cub reporter Jimmy Olson and Beanie Martin, Daily Planet copy boy, stepped into danger. Their intentions discovered by the racketeers, the self-styled Professor Blessing and Froggy, his henchman, Jimmy and Beanie were knocked unconscious, then tied up and left in the professor's locked office. When they came to, they threw themselves against the desk, hoping to dislodge the telephone and so be able to call for help. But in so doing, they overturned a smoking stand on which a smoldering cigar still rested. A moment later, fire leaped swiftly through the office. And as we continue now, the flames are spreading through the old office building. Their arms and legs bound tightly. Trouble and
2: you're going to get it. Go to work on them, Froggy.
1: As we continue now in Professor Blessing's private office, Froggy, the professor's burly, flat-nosed henchman, is advancing on Jimmy and Beanie, a snub-nosed revolver almost hidden in his huge hand.
4: Listen. you smart, huh? Gonna slip us marked money and turn us over to the cops, huh, Mr. Reporter?
3: Uh, who? Who, me? Hey, hey oh, don't oh. point that gun at us,
4: mister. It, it might go off.
2: Hold it, Froggy. Huh?
4: What for, Professor? You
2: can't shoot in here? You want to have everybody in the building and the cops on our necks?
4: Gee, that's right. I, I forgot about the noise.
3: I'm no, on no, no, Wait, Professor. You better not try any funny business. Remember, my paper knows
2: where I am. Yeah, no, that's right. How interesting. Slug them now, Froggy.
3: Hey!
4: oh, Keepers oh. Jim's out. What?
2: Good work, Froggy. That takes care of them.
4: I don't get it. What you just want to knock them out for, Professor?
2: If you had a brain in your head, you'd know. Quick! There must be some rope in the other office. Get it.
4: What for? Are hey, we just going to shoot him?
2: Will you stop asking questions and do as you're told?
4: Well, sure, but.
2: And I... do it fast. I'll gag them meanwhile.
1: Hello. Oh, chief, this is Clark Kent. Listen, I oh, want you to cat. talk to Poco. I was just about to leave the house. Uh, I'll be in the office in an hour. Well, I'm glad I caught you before you left. I want you to talk to him. Aurora by the Man of Steel's body. Hey, the exploded. Well, how come we're alive? Hey, look, it's Superman. All right, oh, boys. Yeah. Everything's under control. Uh, you. You're the foreman of the shop, aren't you? I'm okay. What happened? Well, obviously somebody, and I think I know who, tried to blow the Daily Planet to Kingdom Come. Oh, 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 oh. Everything's all right now, though. All you have to do is disconnect this wrecked machine from the line. The other presses weren't injured. Better get busy. You'll be late getting out this edition, and from what I hear, it's a mighty important one. So get them rolling. See you all again. Up! And away! <laughs> about it, Kent. Some filthy rat loaded one of our presses with enough dynamite to blow this whole building to bits. On the level, Chief? Certainly. And if it's not for Superman, you, me, Jim, Beanie, and all the staff wouldn't be here now. Hey, it's a lucky thing Superman happened to be around, isn't it? You're not kidding. When I think of what almost happened, I I get weak in the knees. Take it easy. It's all over now, Chief. But uh, will you admit now that I was right? Right? Right about what? About Tom Steadman, the watchman, not being drunk last night. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it should be perfectly obvious that Tom was slugged last night, just as he said he was, by whoever put the dynamite in the press motor. But, uh, Then as but... I see it, the dynamite has poured liquor over him and put an empty bottle in his hand. Yes. So that we would think he was drunk and so be inclined to disbelieve his story of an intruder being in the press room. Hmm. Then they figured we wouldn't bother to make a careful search and we wouldn't discover the dynamite, eh? Exactly. Hey, George, I think you're right, Kent. But who in Thunder did it? Why, the real estate racketeers, of course. The racketeers? Oh, sure. Sure. They warned you yesterday that unless you stopped attacking them in the planet, they'd stop us, didn't they? Mm, yes, but... Oh, no, they wouldn't have the nerve, can't. What? I've said it before and I repeat. Racketeers are cowards. But I tell they you... They operate with lying words, not with dynamite. Chief, what more has to happen to make you realize that this particular gang is different? That they're operating a big money business of swindling thousands of war veterans out of millions of dollars? I know, but... They don't want their juicy racket ruined, so they'll stop at nothing. Why, they're... They're, they're ruthless. Look, don't forget they didn't hesitate to murder a police detective and a veteran who tried to expose them. Now they've. Well, they've just tried mass murder. Mm, well, maybe. Maybe you're right at that, Kent. Maybe I'm right. Of course I'm right. Who else would dare try to blow up the Daily Planet? And why? The dirty scoundrels. They, they, oh, now, they, wait, they, wait, they, on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Take it easy, Chief. Take it easy. After they almost succeeded in murdering us? Well... Why, 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 this is the greatest outrage I ever heard of. I know, but that Do doesn't mean these that... Do those mobsters think that this is Nazi Germany, where they can shoot people who object to being swindled and, and dynamite newspapers? Yeah, we'll show them they're wrong, Chief, but we've got to move softly. You bet we'll show them they're wrong, but we won't move softly. I'm going to put out an extra edition on this dynamite story. Oh, no, Chief. Listen, you can't do not know, Chief, me. But I tell I'm you... I'm going to smoke those rats out into the open. But that I'll won't... I so much heat on them, they'll be easy pickings for the police. But, but I... Chief, listen, please. That's the wrong approach. Why? Why? You'll only incite them to more violence. Nothing of the sort. I'll throw the fear of public opinion and the law into them. I tell them. you, that is not the way to fight those fellows. Now, take my advice. Lay off them for a while in the planet. Lay off? Yes. Let them think we're scared. Then I'll go after them alone. You? Sure We know they operate through temporary real estate offices. All right, I'll investigate every land and building advertisement, contact the veterans who receive circulars, and eventually I'll catch up with our our racketeer friend. And as I told you yesterday, you'll wind up in the city morgue. I wish I could tell you how funny that is. And I wish I could show you how crazy you are. Didn't you say yourself, these fellows won't stop at anything? Yes, but I... And a... you want to tackle them alone? Well, sure, but I... Still... No, 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 I can't waste any more time on such nonsense. But here. I... I've got an extra paper to get out. But, chief, No more can... arguments. But I only this want to... This city is faced with one of the greatest threats in its history. I know, and I but... still say the way to fight it is with the power of the press. The power I'll of the press. I'll show pre- those murderers what they're up against. All right, And I'll, you I'll can... show them in headlines. Will you Just up? you wait and see.
3: But Mr. King. Well, how are we going to call him with our hands tied behind us? That's right. Wait, we only have to dial the O for the operator. When she answers, we'll give her the number. But how are we going to dial even one number? That pencil over there on the floor. Huh? I'll put the pencil in my teeth and dial the operator that way. I oh, you think you can? I've got to. It's our only chance. Come on now. Roll over to the desk and bump that telephone off. Yep, we can bump it off. We've got to. Come on, let's get busy before the professor and Froggy get back. <laughs>
1: Gritting their teeth, Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin roll across the carpet to Professor Plessy's desk and begin butting themselves against it. In a desperate effort to knock over the telephone and thus contact Clark Kent before the racketeers return. Late that evening, following a meeting with Police Inspector Henderson, Editor Perry White drove to his home in suburban Brentwood. Now, having parked his car in the garage, he pulls down the overhead garage doors and hears the lock click. Then turns toward his house, where in the lighted kitchen he can see Poco, his fat little cook bustling about in white apron and high-cocked hat preparing dinner. Suddenly, as the gray-haired editor is walking unsuspectingly along the graveled walk toward his rear door, two far, four dark figures leap out from behind bushes and surround him. Wait a minute, mister. Hey? Uh, who, who are you follow. That's him, all right. What? Okay, Ed, let him have it. Oh... Brownie's command, a blackjack wielded by a heavy-shouldered man, whistles through the air to thud on Perry White's head. The gray-haired editor groans and slumps to the ground. Rock Nielsen, head of the racketeers, told Brownie that there was one sure way to stop Perry White and the Daily Planet from exposing them. Did Nielsen mean death for the dauntless editor? What is in store for Perry White and our friends? Superman goes into action again now, so don't miss a moment of what happened. Be sure to be with us again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's pet For excitement, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman.
1: Today, while Clark Kent anxiously awaits further word of his young friend's whereabouts, Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin lie tightly bound, helplessly imprisoned in a locked room bathed in mounting flames. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, you're always meeting up with Goofy and Beezy in the Harold Teen comic strip, and uh, Tess Trueheart and Pat Patton? But here's a way you can get all those comic strip characters, and more, too. And that's by collecting that exciting new series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. And what fun it is to trade duplicates with your friends and add a new button to your collection. Mighty satisfying, too, to wear all your pep comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap right out where all your pals can see how many you've collected. Because these 18 new and different pep comic buttons are real beauties. Bright-colored and keen-looking, believe me. So get busy on your collection, gang. It's easy as anything. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy these pep comic buttons anywhere. You get them just by asking Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep and looking inside each package for your prize. Yes, sir, Kellogg's Pep is a prize package, all right. Such a super delicious dish for breakfast that, well, you practically can't resist it. Why, those toasted flakes of good whole wheat are crisp and golden and loaded with catchy sunshine flavor. Good for you, too. Sure, Mom knows that. So ask her to get you lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. In a well-meaning attempt to recover $450, which Poco, editor Perry White's Little Cook, had been swindled out of by racketeers operating a bogus song publishing company, Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin, Daily Planet copy boy, stepped into danger. Their intentions discovered by the racketeers, the self-styled Professor Blessing and Froggy, his henchman, Jimmy and Beanie were knocked unconscious, then tied up and left in the professor's locked office. When they came to, they threw themselves against the desk, hoping to dislodge the telephone and so be able to call for help. But in so doing, they overturned a smoking stand on which a smoldering cigar still rested. A moment later, fire leaped swiftly through the office. And as we continue now, the flames are spreading through the old office building. Their arms and legs bound tightly, Jimmy and Beanie helpless on the floor of the racketeer's office. Gaze about them in panic. Listen
3: with, Beanie. Now we are in a spot. Yeah. And soon we'll be a couple of pieces of burnt toast, Jim. What do we do? I, I don't know, Beanie. We can only get these ropes off. We can't. Help!
4: Help! It's
3: no use yelling, Beanie. Nobody can hear us in this inside office. We've got to do something. We just can't stay here and... Take it easy. You know what Mr. Kent always says when you're in a tight spot, you got to keep cool and use your head. I wish we was Mr. Kent's not tangled with those racketeers in the first place. Keepers, <coughs> Jim, I wait. Uh, wait me. I hear fire engines. So what? I won't be able to get up to this floor in time. <coughs> Anyhow, nope. <coughs> Nobody knows we're in here. That's right. Hey. Hey, I've got it. Yeah? What? The telephone. Huh? Where'd that pencil go to? What, Francis? The pencil I had a minute ago. Quick, help me find it. What? What for? So we can dial the operator and call Mr. Kent. Oh. Oh, yeah. What? Where'd that pencil get to? Her? Oh. Oh, here it is. No. I could only cook it up in my teeth. You'll never be able to dial a phone like that. I've got it. <clears throat> it's our only turn. i <laughs> keeps rolling away. <laughs> Even if you do call Mr. Kent, what can he do? I don't know, but, but he'll do something. There. I got it. don't know way, Beanie. I've got to roll over to the phone. It'll never work. Don't say. It's got to work. Now, here's our phone. i got to tip it up to get it to dial. That won't work. Creepers, Jim. The carpet's starting to catch fire. Roll on it swear it out. Quit. <laughs> Ollie, okay. oh, this smoke is choking me. The phone is out. If I could only enter the pencil into the dial. See, I can't do it. But I've got to. I've got to. Oh, well. No use, Jim. Don't ever do it. Get it done. For? One more cry. No use, I tell you. Why don't those firemen get up here? There, I. Oh, gosh, I, I thought I had it that time. Greeny, I, I don't think I can work it. Oh, okay. gee. There goes our only chance. <laughs>
1: Hey, Chief. Uh? I'm Johnson, the superintendent of this building. Oh, uh, come over here out of the way. Right. Oh, uh,
3: what about your tenants? Have you checked on them? Yes, sir. All except these two upper floors were occupied by the Williamson Rug Company. I just talked to their manager. All their employees got out safely. Good.
1: What about the two upper floors? That's where the fire is worse. We can't get in there. Well, there are only 14 offices on the two top floors. I've seen all the tenants except those from Office 1219. Some song publishers occupy it. oh If they're trapped up there, it's going to be tough to get to them. But we'll try. No, no, wait. wait the Murray, the man at
2: the cigar stand in the lobby, says that Professor Blessing and his assistant,
1: they run the song publishing company, he left the building about half an hour ago. Is he sure? Yes, he said the professor stopped to buy a cigar, and he and his assistant are the only ones in the company. Okay, that's fine. We don't have to worry about anyone being trapped, then. That's some relief. But well, there's plenty work left to do. See you later. Clark Kent speaking. Uh, City Dash that's Burroughs. Yes, Burroughs. We just had a flash on a big fire in Taylor Street, Kent. An old office building. Anyone in danger? Well, the building superintendent claims all the tenants got out in time. Oh, that's I, fine. I thought that you might want to go out and get a story
3: anyhow. They say it's a pretty spectacular
1: place. No, thanks. I'm not interested in spectacular blazes. Send one of the kid reporters out on it, Burroughs. Okay. that will be a good assignment for Jim Olsen. Have you heard from him yet, Kent? No, that's why I'm sticking close to my phone. I'm expecting a call from the chief that my... oh there's my phone now. Handle the fire your own way, Burroughs.
4: Okay.
1: Kent speaking. Okay, this is Perry White. Oh, hello, chief. I've been waiting for your call. Listen, did you, you talk to... Po- Jim and Beanie? No. Did you talk to Poco? Not yet, you
4: see.
1: Well, for heaven's sake, what are you waiting for? I told you to but talk they, but... to... I'm sure Jim and Beanie are mixed up in that trouble of Poco's, whatever it is. That means Poco knows where they are. Now, you've got to make him tell you. Now, wait. Wait a minute, will you? I can't speak to Poco now. He's asleep. Well, wake him up. I'm surprised that you, Chief. I can't wake him up. What? At least not enough to be intelligible, because the doctor gave him a sedative. Oh. I tried to wake him, but it's no use. All he does is mumble some crazy song about Dizzy Lizzy.
4: Dizzy Lizzy?
1: Yes. I can't make any sense out of it. Huh. I even called the doctor, and he says we won't be able to question Poco for a few hours when the sedative wears off. Oh, that's bad news, Chief. Oh, take it easy, Ken. Take it easy. Jim and Beanie are probably all right. No, I've got a hunch they're not. <laughs> you and your hunches. I told you before, Jim isn't a baby. He knows his way around. Yes, I know, but he's young and impulsive. I told you he admitted Poco was in trouble and said he was going to try to get him out of it. I know,
4: I know. And
1: that strange phone same. call from that Mr. Anstruther, whoever he is, a little while ago, wanting to identify Jim. I don't like that either. Oh, relax, uh, will
4: you? Uh, Jim and Beanie will
2: probably walk in any minute. I wish they and were. You know we can't do anything about the mystery until Poco weighs up. No, I
1: guess we can't. Right now, it looks as if even I'm stymied. <laughs> Deeply worried, Clark Kent replaces the telephone, certain his young friends are in danger, and yet seeing no way to help them. Meanwhile, at the same moment, in the blazing office building, Jimmy Olsen continues his desperate attempt to dial the telephone with the pencil in his mouth in order to contact Kent. Will Jimmy's efforts be successful? In Clark Kent's office in the Daily Planet, the man who we know as Superman is anxiously pacing the floor, worried about Jim and Beanie when the ringing of his phone startles him to attention. Hello, Clark Kent speaking Mr. Kent Jim Mr. Is that you, Jim?
3: Yeah I What's
1: the matter? Tra- you? you don't sound right
3: I Beanie and I Fire what? You, Fire?
1: Uh, Did you say something about a fire?
3: Yeah Beanie And I Trapped
1: You're trapped? Where? It, it, where, Jim? Where? Try to tell me Building Jim Jim, tell me where you are, I'll help you
3: Yes, yes. T- T- Taylor.
1: T- Jim. 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 Great, Scott, he doesn't answer. He must have passed out. <laughs> uh,
4: off of these clothes.
1: <clears throat> this is a job for Superman. He said Taylor. And he also said building an office. Burroughs said an office building was on fire on Taylor Street. Jim may be trapped in it. I've <clears throat> got to get to him. Okay, open this window. Up. This And away! Leaping into the sky, Superman rockets away across the city, red scapes streaming in the wind. A second, two seconds flash by, and then the brilliant glare of the flaming office building comes into his sight. Jimmy Olsen's gallant attempt to contact Clark Kent has succeeded. Now Superman must once more engage in a race against time in order to save the lives of the cub reporter and Beanie Martin. What will happen... Monday's thrilling episode tells the exciting story of what happens. So don't miss it. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep the Sunshine cereal.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a feeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's he he pet Kellogg's Pet, the Sunshine Serial, presents the adventures of Superman. <laughs> As Superman speaks a speedy path to the rescue of Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin, he has yet to learn that the Crooked Song Publishers were but one of far more serious and dangerous rackets. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, that old saying, as much fun as a barrel of monkeys, is kind of out of date nowadays. Yes, sir, now it's as much fun as a collection of pet comic buttons. Because that new series of comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pet is a barrel of fun. Why, there's a doggone smart looking in the first place. The full color pictures of your funny paper favorites stand out like anything against that clear white background. Then there's the kick that you get out of adding another button to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of pet. And even more fun swapping duplicates with your friends. Now, there are 18 new and different buttons in this new series. Friends like Toots and Casper and Flash Gordon and Superman, of course. And you'll want to collect them all. So remind Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pet, because that's the only way you can get these exciting prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere, but you get a comic button every time you open a package of Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. That's the good whole wheat cereal with a catchy sunshine flavor, you know, the tender, crisp, golden toasted flakes that keep you coming right back for more. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Now, the adventures of Superman. In attempting to trap two racketeer song publishers who had police edit a white little cook, Poco out of $450, Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin, the Daily Planet copy boy, were themselves trapped. Tied up and left in the locked office of the racketeers, Jimmy and Beanie accidentally overturned a smoking stand and started a fire that swept through the ancient office building. After Beanie had been overcome by the smoke, Jimmy managed to dial a telephone with a pencil held between his teeth and calling Clark Kent, succeeded in gasping out where he was before collapsing. As we continue now, Kent and his true identity of superman is rocketing through the skies and approaching the blazing building. Below him he sees a great crowd and several companies of firemen battling this spectacular blaze. Listen. Great Scott, that building is going up like a matchbox. Jim and Beanie are it somewhere. But where are they? I don't see them. Better circle the building again. Oi! Maybe I'm too late. Maybe they both... Wait a minute. Down there in that office. Two boys on the floor. Yes, it's Jim and Beanie. Down to them. go Jim. Beanie. They're unconscious. Boy, they're still alive. Uh-oh. Better get going fast before that ceiling falls on us. Up with them. Now, Jim. There we are. Now, out of here in a hurry. Up and away! <laughs> Hair brain crackpot idiotic stunts I ever heard of. Why did you and Beanie try to bag a couple of big time racketeers all by yourselves, Holton?
3: Why? Why? Well, he oh, was, it... Chief. I mean, Mr. White, how were we to know they were such bad eggs? No,
1: that's right, Chief. How were you to know? You said you suspected they were dishonest in the first place, didn't you? Oh, of course, Chief. Jim knows that legitimate publishers don't solicit songs from amateurs, and that they never ask the author to pay part of the publishing costs like they asked Foco, but. Okay, they're... okay. So they knew they were dealing with crooks. And he knew Poco had been tricked into putting up $450 by those phonies who never had any intention of publishing his song. So why did they do it? Oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Chief. Jim is ready to admit he made a mistake, and I'm sure he won't make the same one again. He meant, well, he wanted to recover Poco's money and prevent other people from being fleeced like that. Sure. Plenty of people are
3: swindled every day by racketeers. Well,
1: that's because they don't think. Well. They don't stop to investigate these smooth talkers before they hand over their hard-earned money. Oh, well, how are you going to tell when a man's on the up and up? It's easy enough to ask for references before you pay out money to a stranger. Or to consult the Better Business Bureau or the Chamber of Commerce or your lawyer or your banker, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I guess so. Wait a minute,
1: Chief. That gives me an idea. As Jim said, people are being swindled out of thousands of dollars every day by racketeers. And there are so many of them, the police can't round them all up. Let's us do something to help the law. Us. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? The Daily Planet can do a lot to scotch the operation of slickers like Professor Blessing by asking our readers to contact us when they've been swindled. Or when they suspect someone might be trying to take them in. Then we can investigate and blow the racket wide open. Hmm.
3: You mean put on sort of a
1: racket-busting campaign? Sure, that's right, Jim. Gee, it's a swell idea. What do you say, Chief? Well, you may have something there, Kent. Sounds as if it may make a good public service feature, and it can't hurt our circulation either. I'll tell you what. You and Lois... Oh, I forgot. Lois is still in California. Well... You head up this new department alone, then, and Jim can help you. Well. Get busy on it right away. Okay. Uh, knock out a story for page one, all about the danger of rackets. Uh-huh. How much money is swindled from innocent citizens every day. You can get the figures from the DA's office. Uh-huh. And how we want our readers to cooperate with us, and so on, okay, and so see. on. Uh, set send up a regular feature. Uh, say, uh, full page in the picture section every day. Right. We'll drive the racketeers out of Metropolis, or I'll know why. <laughs> Daily Planet, read all about the
4: racket-busting
3: campaign.
1: R. Kent speaking. This is Inspector Henderson. Oh, hello, Inspector. Hope you're going to tell me you caught up with Professor Blessing and Froggy. Uh, no such luck yet. Well, listen, I've just seen the damage monitor. Uh-huh. Do you fellas mean what you're saying? That you'll stop at nothing to expose and help drive the racketeers out of Metropolis? You bet we do, Inspector. Well, uh, how soon can you get down to headquarters? Oh, in a second. Uh, I mean, in a, in a few minutes. Good. I've got a story for you that'll knock your eyes out. Yeah? That is, if you and Perry White have the courage to follow through on it. What do you mean, if we have the courage? Get off your high horse
4: now and get down here as quickly as you can, Kent. Bring White with you, and I'll tell you all
1: about it. Right, we'll be there in two shakes. Bye. <laughs> Intrigued by Inspector Henderson's promise of a big story for the Daily Planet racket busting campaign, Clark Kent collars Editor Perry White. And together they hurry from the Daily Planet to police headquarters. What has Inspector Henderson in mind? Clark Kent and Perry White have just arrived at Metropolis Police Headquarters, where Inspector Henderson is saying. Uh, you say in the planet that you want to help drive the racketeers out of Metropolis, gentlemen, and that you'll stop at nothing to do it. Are you sure? Well, of course we're sure. We wouldn't say anything we don't mean. Okay. But what I have in mind is daring and dangerous. Okay, spill it. What's the story? Just this. I can give you a terrific story about a racket that's costing the citizens a fortune every day. And which we believe is responsible for two unsolved murders. Well, let's have it. All right. Here it is. Now, you know, of course, that the housing shortage has resulted in quite a few rackets. Oh, it certainly has. Crooks have resorted to all sorts of tricks to take advantage of return G.I.s as well as other citizens who need a roof over their heads. Now, mm-hmm. well, we've heard a lot about that. So what? Well, the worst racket we've come across, and the one I admit we can use some help on, is this. Certain individuals who we believe are part of a vicious ring have been opening offices here and there and circularizing return veterans, offering them lots for sale and saying they'll build homes on the lots as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Go on. Well, now, actually, they're flooded with answers from people who need homes. They take the applicants out and show them the lots for sale, usually in the suburbs, of course, and show them plans for every sort of home. Then they take deposits from $500 to $2,000 on the land and the proposed home. I see. Then, when the time comes for the purchaser to take title to his land, he finds out that the crooks who sold it to him never owned it. What? what? Yeah, these racketeers are selling land they don't own. And taking deposits, to build houses on it. Right, And when they report it to you and you investigate, the racketeers have flown the coop, is that it? Exactly. Their offices are closed and they've vanished. Until they turn up in a new location practicing the same racket. Well, now look, Inspector, can't you catch up with them by running down all circulars and reports of their activities? Well, we've tried that, Kent. We've had one of our men answer every real estate ad, except those published by well-known real estate agents and builders. Mm. These racketeers are clever. I know. They obviously screen the answers pretty carefully. Only once that our man fooled him. Well, uh, what happened? He was shot in front of his home. He was? That's right. Apparently, the racketeers became suspicious of him. Traced him to his house, found out who he was, and finished him before he could even tell us who they were. Right. Uh, another fellow called us up one day. Said he was a veteran who suspected he was being fleeced in a racket like this. huh. Well, we told him to come in and give us the details. He was shot on his way to headquarters. Hey, that is serious. I think I'm beginning to see what you want the Daily Planet to do, Inspector. Specifically, I want you to play this story to the hilt in your paper. Give it so much publicity that all citizens will know about it. And investigate thoroughly before they hand over any money. In that way, we can break those phony deals wide open and drive these racketeers out of it. Well, that's one of the most vicious windows I've ever heard of. We'll work with you, Inspector. Now, Wait a minute. I told you I was quite sure a gang was running this racket. Yes? Mm, So what? Well, we believe they're already responsible for two murders. All the more reason to smoke them out and bring them to justice. You bet. We'll go to town. Now, let me finish, will you? These fellows have been reaping a fortune, and they've shown they'll go to any length, even murder, to go on milking the public. What are you trying to do, scare us? No, but it's my duty to warn you. If the Daily Planet declares war on this gang, you may very well run into serious personal danger. We're not afraid of danger, Inspector. You bet we're not. Inspector, you're on. We accept the challenge. Their eyes gleaming, Clark Kent and Perry White shake hands with Inspector Henderson, fighting themselves and the Daily Planet to battle one of the cruelest and most vicious rackets ever practiced upon returned veterans and their families. Two murders have already been committed, and Inspector Henderson has warned Kent and White they are courting danger. What will happen as the Daily Planet challenges the unknown racketeers? Exciting things happen, fellows and girls, and they start happening tomorrow. So be sure to be with us then, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Tech, the Sunshine Serial.
0: Get this in previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting Phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silverage Heroes. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. T-E-T-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents the adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent, the Daily Planet, and the Police Department of Metropolis join forces. Determined to tackle the serious and dangerous problem of ridding the city of its dwindling racketeers. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, there aren't many prizes or such exciting prizes that you can get as easy as those new comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's pets. While well, you don't have to spend a single penny of your allowance, and yet you can have the fun of collecting 18 new and different buttons each one with a true-to-life picture of one of your favorite comic strip characters like Brenda Starr or or Flash Gordon or Superman himself. Why, it's no end of fun to add to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of pep. Fun to swap duplicates, too, and mighty exciting to wear all your buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap so everyone can see how many you've collected. And did I say these new pep comic buttons are easy to get? Why, you don't even have to send in a box stop. All you do is ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep and look inside the package for your new comic button. Look out for some some mighty good eating fun, too, at breakfast. When Pep heads the menu, Pep is an appetite tickler from way back, loaded to the brim with a catchy sunshine flavor that sure hits the spot. Good for you, too. Sure, gives you energy vitamin B1 to help you through the morning's work or play. And your whole daily minimum need of sunshine vitamin D that helps build strong bones and teeth. Yes, sir. Mom's glad to get you P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. Aroused by Jim Olsen and Beanie Martin's narrow escape from death when they attempted to trap some racketeer song publishers, Editor Perry White promptly accepted Clark Kent's suggestion that the Daily Planet undertake a racket-busting campaign. Immediately following announcement of the campaign, Kent and White were invited to call on Police Inspector Henderson who told them of a gigantic housing racket being practiced on returned G.I.s and their families, and then asked for the planet's cooperation in smashing the racket, although he warned that it might be dangerous. White and Kent promised full support. And as we continue now in his office at the Daily Planet, the gray-haired editor is issuing instructions to Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. Listen. Here's how we start, Kent. Grab a four-column head on page one and then shoot the work. But now, wait. Please, I want please. a big story on this housing racket and I want you to write it. Okay, okay. But before we go on, Chief, Tell I just want Tell the public how you know it works. What to look out for and instruct them to contact the police. Or us. At once, if and when they are approached by racketeers. Well, but listen, Chief, uh, stop I... Stop interrupting. Put everything into your first story. Everything Inspector Henderson told us. But don't you think We'll that... run those dirty swindlers out of Metropolis. All right. Now, but... you get out of here and go to work. I want to see the crack attack story in one hour. Well? Well, what are you waiting for? Didn't you hear me say I wanted the story in an hour? Sure, sure, I heard you. Then what are you sitting there like a like a, like, a, like a lump for? Just waiting to make sure you run out of breath and can finish the sentence so I can get a word in. Why, you... Now listen. you <laughs> I haven't time to listen. I want your copy for our first edition. Oh, you do. It's a big story, Kenton. A big story. Don't you realize that? Just it, Chief. I'm afraid it might be too big a story. Too big? What are you talking about? You heard what Inspector Henderson said. He thinks there's a dangerous ring of criminals behind this real estate racket. Well, and he believes they're responsible for those two unsolved murders last week. All the more reason to go right to work on that gang and give them everything we have. Yes, sir. How long do you think they should get away with selling land they don't own? Well, they should. And taking the last dollar of savings from veterans who fought for their country as deposits on homes they have no intention of ever building. Naturally, they shouldn't get away with it. But do you realize, Chief, that if those racketeers, whoever they are, didn't hesitate to shoot a police detective, they certainly won't hesitate to attempt similar violence against you if we make ourselves a menace to them? Ah, Poppy. Racketeers who cheat innocent people out of their money are cowards. That may be. The moment the spotlight of publicity is turned on them and their victims can see the glass and their phony diamonds, they're done for. Maybe true ordinarily. The men behind this housing racket are not small-time thieves. They're in the big money and they're not going to take it. Hey, look here, Kent. Have you got cold feet? I afraid. Oh, if you knew how funny that was. Then what is the matter with you? Starting this campaign was your idea in the first place. Granted. How come that just as soon as we're on the trail of a big racket, you sound as if you want to back out? It isn't that at all. Just that I'm worried about you. I suggest we hold up the publicity on this thing until I've had a chance to break this particular racket on my own. On your own? Yes. Are you kidding? Not at all. Just give me a week at it alone, and I'll. And you'll wind up in the city more. Nothing of the sort. Now listen to me, Chief. Please. Oh, stop it, Ken. Stop it. Stop it. You talk like a child. Like a child. The whole police department hasn't been able to track down these racketeers. All right, and that's why they asked us to help. So now you think you can handle it alone? Well, I'm quite sure I can. What's more, you know from experience that I can. not I'm running this paper, and I told you we're going to break those racketeers by blinding them with publicity. Why have I heard now this? Now go to your before. typewriter and write that story, and do it this minute. Okay, okay, chief. But remember, I warned you. <laughs> Copy, copy, boy, on the double. Come on up, Mr. Kent. Oh, here you are, Beanie. Yes, sir. Watch this, Mr. Burroughs, please. It's the lead story for the noon edition. Okie
3: doke, Mr. Kent. I'm on my way. (laughs)
1: You wanted to see me, Chief? Yes, yes. Inspector Henderson just called, Kent. Oh? He wanted to congratulate us on our page one story in the housing racket today. Uh-huh. He says that's the kind of publicity that will put those swindlers out of business. Your Open killer. the public eyes. Yes, sir. Publicity and more publicity. And that's what we're going to get up until the leeches are driven out of Metropolis. Well, I just hope nothing worse happens. Well, no, there you go again, worrying about your own price of skin. I'm not worried about my skin. I'm worried about yours and Tim's and Lois's and everyone else on this newspaper. Well, it, Kent. You're turning into an old woman. I tell you, racketeers are cowards. They won't care to get in touch with us. Now, wait a minute. I want to talk to you about the story we're going to run tomorrow. Okay. you White
4: speaking. Are you the editor of the planet?
1: I am. Who are you? Never
4: mind who I am. Just get this. I want
1: you to pull that so-called housing racket story out of your paper. What? what what's that? What is, he... You heard me. Pull that story out and fast. Or you get a chance to be sorry. Is that so? Look, who in places are you? I said never mind who I am. I'm just telling you what to do in a nice way. Giving you a
4: chance to save your neck. I won't get you.
0: I'm so
1: nicely Why, idiot. of all the, 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 the now look here, you you you, you quiet, Ken, quiet. Uh, listen to me, you you insolent whoever you are. If you think you can scare me, you've got another thing coming. Nobody tells me what to put into the daily silence or what to take out either.
4: Okay, but I'm warning you, brother.
1: You're warning me. Why, you you kinhorn coward, you haven't got the nerve to come into my office or even give me your name. Be
4: smart, Mr. White. Don't ask for trouble.
1: I have thought it over. And well now you listen to me. You, you get away, Ken, Get away. Will you? Now listen, you, Mr. I'm doing
4: no listening, White, except are you or are you not gonna pull that story out of your paper?
1: I am not. And what's more, tomorrow's story will make today's story read like a Valentine. Laugh that off, Mr. Racketeer.
2: If yes, that story is
4: out of the next edition, you're all through laughing for good. Think it over, brother. I won't
1: call you again. Hello. 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 Don't waste your breath. Hello. Hung up. Hello. You're right, he did. Well, how do you like that, Kent? That was one of the real estate racketeers, I'll bet. Of course it was. Well, imagine his having the nerve to order me. Order me, mind you, to pull that housing racket story out of the planet. Well, I was afraid something like this would happen, Chief. Well, there's nothing to be afraid of. He was just bluffing. I doubt it. I think he meant business. And now we're in for serious trouble, Chief. Serious trouble. And justifiably so. Clark Kent frowns as he tries to figure the racketeer's next move. Trouble is definitely on the way for our friends. <coughs> In a 10th floor apartment of a fashionable dwelling overlooking the park, one room has been furnished as a handsome modern office. There, seated at a desk, is a square jawed, heavy set man, his black hair lightly flecked with gray. His clothes are excellently tailored, and on the little finger of his right hand, he wears a ring with a huge, square cut diamond. This man is Brock Nielsen who looks grimly now at his companion, a thin young man named Brownie with a cynical face who reclines in a leather armchair, his hat half tipped over his eyes, a spiral of smoke curling from the cigarette fixed in his lips. Brownie is speaking. So
4: you told the editor of the Daily
1: Planet to pull that story out of his next edition, and he didn't do it. Now what are you going to do, Mr. Nielsen? What do you suppose I'm going to do? I don't know. Uh, planet's a big newspaper, and it carries a lot of weight. So what? You think I'm going to let them ruin our business? Why, since that first story came out at noon, every one of our salesmen has called up Sora's blazes. That kind of publicity will drive all the prospects away. You're telling me. But like I said, what are you going to do about it, if any? I'm going to do plenty. That is, you are. Me? That's right. You see, White told me he intends to run a story tomorrow that'll be worse than today. Mm, he did? That's what he said. But you're going to fix it so he doesn't want any story about us tomorrow or about anything else either. That's a tall order, Mr. Nielsen. I, uh, suppose you've got some idea of how it's to be done. It's simple, Brownie. If there's no Daily Planet and no Perry White either, there can't be any stories about us, right? No Daily Planet,
4: no Perry White.
1: I don't get it, Mr. Nielsen. Oh, you're slow on the uptake today, Brownie. Could be. Make it easy for me. What's on your mind? A bomb. A bomb? That's right. Or two or three of them if necessary. Enough to blow the Daily Planet and Perry White to kingdom come. And I want it done tonight. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Nielsen. The Daily Planet and White aren't small potatoes like that cop and that veteran we had to take care of. You're asking me to dynamite a I know exactly place. what I want. And I'm not asking you, Brownie. I'm telling you what to do.
4: Get it to swallow.
1: Sure, but there aren't any buts. There's big money involved here, and neither the Daily Planet and Perry White nor anyone else is going to stop me. I told you what to do and when I want it done. Now get going. Shrugging his droopy shoulders, the thin young man called Brownie rises to his feet, stretches, nods to the hard-eyed man behind the desk, and saunters from the room to dynamite the Daily Planet. Clark Kent was right when he warned Editor Perry White to expect trouble. But now, how will Superman, unaware of the impending catastrophe, be able to avert it? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pets, the Sunshine Serial.
0: Behold! My process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loop quick subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loop On surprises, knock to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Calabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! To you know, right. Box, What's with
1: up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pet, P-E-P-Pet. Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal presents the adventures of Superman! Clark Kent's warning of serious danger goes unheeded as his chief, Harry White, continues blasting the racketeers of Metropolis on the front pages of the Daily Planet. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, those comic buttons in that brand-new series Kellogg's Pet is putting out are so easy to get. Well, your collection must have a good start by now. Now, let me call off some of the 18 new and different buttons and see how many of them you have. Now, there's Slash Gordon and Cindy, Brenda Starr... Bud from uh, Winnie Winkle, The Little Moose, and uh, uh, Goofy and Beezy from Harold Teen, and Judy and Corky from Gasoline Alley, and Superman, of course. Eighteen of them in all, each one a true-to-life picture of some funny paper character that you've followed for a long, long time. And boy, is it fun trading duplicates with your pals and wearing all your pet comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. And are these buttons easy to get? Well, you don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep and look inside the package for your comic button. And say, while well, you're about it, you get a load of how terrific Kellogg's Pep tastes at breakfast. Mmm, crisp and tender and fresh as can be. And loaded with a catchy sunshine flavor that keeps you digging in for more. You know, Pep is called the sunshine cereal. It gives you good old sunshine vitamin D that Mom knows is good for you. Ask her to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, the Daily Planet launched a vigorous newspaper campaign against a ring of racketeers who have been swingling war veterans in a gigantic housing racket. Following publication of the first story, Editor Perry White received an anonymous phone call from a man who warned the editor to stop his attacks on the housing racket or expect serious consequences. White, of course, hotly refused. And the man who turned out to be Brock Nielsen, the head of the racketeers, ordered a henchman called Brownie to dynamite the Daily Planet. As we continue now, it is 2.30 in the morning, and we find Brownie accompanied by a heavy-shouldered man in the dark, deserted press room of the Daily Planet, where, by the light of a flashlight, he works deftly on one of the huge machines. Listen. Will well, that flash a little higher, Ed? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, how's this, Brownie? That's better. Stop shaking. What's the matter, Rudy? I guess I'm a little nervous. Blowing up the Daily Planet newspaper pretty big stuff. Stop worrying. Boy says we've got to do this. Because of the planet shooting off its mouth every day, no sucker will come near it. Also, when we stop the planet, we warn all the other papers not to get any bright ideas. Get it? Yeah, sure. Look, I don't like it. Relax. Black Nielsen knows what he's doing.
4: Here, give me a hand with this plate. Uh, what do you want to do it? Just put it on the floor. Easy now If it drops It'll make an awful noise oh. Okay Now so Put it down
1: uh, uh, Hand me the firecracker. The what? That dynamite, you dummy Oh, oh yeah I'm gonna yeah. put it in the machine Here, see Put the plate back and Then when they turn on the power To print the papers tomorrow morning Boom. Goodbye, Daily Planet Oh, shit, I said it let somebody open the door
4: Oh, it's most Get down on the floor, quick Take the lights one out. Yeah, keep back behind this machine It's the cops were done for it. Yeah. Sounds like just one guy. Don't move now. I'm going to take a look. Just some old guy. The watchman, I guess. Are you sure? Yeah. Keep down, though. He's coming this way. I'll
1: give him the word, huh? No,
4: not unless we have to.
1: Have your sap
4: ready, though, just in case. Okay. Oh, what? oh you dropped the flashlight. Stop it! Come on. That? Him oh, what are you doing in here? Oh, uh, uh, uh.
1: Come on, Bonnie, we better scrape. Are you nuts? We didn't finish the job yet. But we can't hang around this one. He won't bother us now. He might have seen us. I don't think so because he got it from behind. But I know how to fix him so nobody will believe anything he says. Grab his feet and help me drag him over there by the door. Come on. Hello? Hello, is that you, Mr. White? Yeah, who's this? This? What are you waking me up in the middle of the night for? Well, you see, Tom, Tom Stedman, the watchman, he started on his rounds of the building almost two hours ago and hasn't come back yet. Did you look for him? I've been calling, but I, I can't leave the
4: elevator. It's against the fire laws.
1: Mm, I see. I'll try to find a police officer and let him look. I'll be right down. Here's your missing watchman, George. I'll set him in his chair. What What happened to him, officer? Something I hope he'll be properly ashamed for when he comes to... You, you think he's drunk? Does that odor coming from smell like perfume? Yeah, sure it doesn't. This is bad. Mr. White's on his way here, and he'll fire Tom sure as you're born. Well, I'm sorry, but he deserves it. Any man does for getting drunk, especially while he's on duty. Well, I'll be leaving now. Good night to you. <laughs> think you're being hasty, Chief. After no, all, I can't stop arguing. Tom Stedman got drunk while on duty, and that finishes him with me. He's fired. No, but Tom swears he wasn't drunk. He's lying. A police officer found him with a bottle in his hand, dead to the world and smelling like a brewery. I know, but... And, and George, the night elevator operator, ducks the officer up. Now, what more do you want? Tom's been working for us for many years. He never got drunk before. Oh, that proves nothing, except that he's never caught before. No, I don't believe he drinks. I've had many talks with him, and a man sensible, not... can't be sensible. Naturally, he wouldn't admit it to you. He knows the rule is that anyone caught drinking is fired. I believe him, Chief. Meaning you don't believe the police officer in George, eh? I didn't say that. Tom says there was an intruder in the building tonight. Well, if there was, it must have been one of his drinking pals or an hallucination. Because nothing's missing. Well, now you be sensible, Chief. A pal wouldn't have slugged him, and there's a lump behind his ear the size of an apple. So what? He could have hit his head on something when he passed out and fell down, couldn't he? Well, yes, I suppose he could. But But I do. Well, for my money, that's what happened. Now stop wasting time and let me finish okaying these galleys. We'll go to press in ten minutes, you know. I still don't like it, Chief yeah, You don't like what? This business last night There's something fishy about it I don't believe Tom got drunk I believe his story that an intruder slugged him No, I say to Dan Kelly Then I suppose the, the intruder sucked the bottle in his hand Spilled liquor around and then just walked out Because he was playing a Halloween joke, huh? I said I can't explain that No, you do I keep remembering that phone call you got yesterday
4: huh?
1: What phone call? One from that racketeer, whoever he is Warning you that unless we stop exposing the big housing racket Something serious is going to happen Oh, no, no Oh, no, this is going too far now, don't tell me you think the racketeers are getting back at us by framing our night watchmen for drunkenness. Of course. Now, don't be silly, Chief. Oh, no, don't know you know i be silly. It. Kent, you're crumbling like a child. Now, get out of here and let me finish old Kingley's galley proofs for trouble before I lose my mind, too. Now, go on, get up. Okay. But you're taking those racketeers very lightly, Chief. Nonsense. I say they're cowards. All racketeers are. And they wouldn't dare try anything against the daily planet. Don't be too sure. Look, look now, if you're scared, get out of town. I am going to blast these rats out into the open. Boy, oh boy. Just wait till they see the story on page one today. <laughs> oh, just wait till they see it. Shortling, Barry White returns to his galley force, while Clark Kent continues to stand by uneasily. Certain danger is in the air, but unable to pin it down. Meanwhile, in the room furnished as an office in a fashionable apartment overlooking the park, Brownie is telling Brock Nielsen, his boss and head of the housing racketeer, you won't have to worry about Perry White and the Daily Planet anymore, Mr. Nielsen. I put enough dynamite in that press to blow the whole building, the kingdom come.
4: <laughs>
1: Look at the time. They're due to start the presses in a few minutes, and as soon as they do, that'll be all, brother. That will be all. It's just two minutes before 11 o'clock in the morning. Press time for the first edition of the Daily Planet. And as usual at press time, there is a temporary lull in the busy hum of the newspaper city room. Reporters and rewrite men stretch, walk about, gossip amiably. Jimmy Olson saunters across the room to pass the time of day with copyboy Beanie Martin and his assistant, young Mary Hennig. And in Barry White's office, the gray haired editor relaxes and grins at Clark Kent. Well, well I, I guess I did what I promised, eh, Kent? What'd you say, Chief? I said I did what I promised. I told that racketeer on the phone that today's page one story would make yesterday's story read like a sweet valentine. And I was right, wasn't I? Huh? Mm. Uh, say, aren't you listening to me? Huh? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Well, then, you know we'll be on the streets in an hour with a story that'll make everyone stop, look, and listen before they give any rotten racketeers money. We'll fix their clocks. All of them. Mm. What's the matter with you, Kat? I don't think you've heard a word I've said. Hmm? Oh, me? Yes, you. Oh. Why do you keep turning around and staring that silly way? At the ceiling and at the floor? Don't you feel well? Huh? Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yes, I sure, I feel fine. You certainly don't act that way. What's come over you, Kent? I don't know, I don't know. I just can't throw off the feeling that, well, that something not so good is all set to happen. Oh, relax, relax. Nothing's going to happen. Except in just one minute, our press to start rolling off a story that'll blow the phony real estate rocket sky high. I sure hope you're right, Chief, but I don't know. <laughs> Press room, McKay speaking. Now, what's the matter down there, Mac? Why aren't you rolling yet? Well, we're all set now, Mr. White. I was just going to call you. Okay, let's go, let's
2: go. Or we'll
4: hit the
1: newsstands after the Daily Blade. Now, don't worry, Mr. White. We'll make it on time. Let's roll, Boris. Stepping into the huge press room from his little office, Foreman McKay gives the order to get the presses set. Walks over to throw the master switch that will send power surging into the great machines, one of which is loaded with enough dynamite to blow the Daily Planet building to smithereens. At the same moment, Clark cancel with Superman, has every sense on the alert for danger, but is as yet unaware of the terrible threat lurking ten stories below him. What will happen? Gang, don't miss tomorrow's dramatic episode, whatever you do. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pap. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the Sunshine Cereal.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a feeding bullet. Day, although Clark can't sense his great danger all about him, he is still unaware that by a mere throw of a switch, the Daily Planet and its whole staff will be blown to smithereens. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, I hear there's plenty of, of friendly competition among you fellows and girls nowadays to see who can collect the most different comic buttons in that brand new series Kellogg's Pet is putting out. Isn't it exciting fun trading any duplicates you get and adding to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of Pet? And don't these new pep comic buttons look keen, pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap? Why, the colors are so bright and gleaming, and the pictures of your comic strip favorites show up like anything against that white background. Like a Beezy and Goofy from Harold Teen, or a Barney Google, or Superman himself with his bright blue jersey and his red Superman insignia. Believe me, you're going to want every single one of these 18 new and different comic buttons. And you can get them, sure. Easy as anything. You just ask Mom to keep you supplied with Kellogg's Pet. That's right. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these prizes anywhere. But you get a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pet you open. And say, here's something else you get. A doggone delicious dish for breakfast. Pet is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's brim full of catchy sunshine flavor. The kind of toasted flavor that's so good, your spoon keeps digging in for more. So ask mom for lots of P-E-P. The Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. When the Daily Planet launched a campaign against an unknown ring of criminals who were operating a huge real estate racket, Brock Nielsen, leader of the ring, called editor Perry White and threatened him with dire consequences unless he stopped the campaign then when White hotly refused, Nielsen ordered a henchman named Brownie to dynamite the daily planet. Late at night, Brownie placed dynamite in a huge electric motor and set it to explode when the switch was thrown for the presses to begin to roll. As we continue now, Editor White has just called the press room and ordered the power to be turned on, unaware that he has sentenced himself and all his employees to death. In the press room, Horace McKay, the foreman, starts across the long room to the master switch, ten stories above in White's office. Clark Kent moves about uneasily. His X-ray vision probing the ceiling, the walls, the floor. Listen. Oh, no, oh, wait till those racketeers here. Page one story today, Kent. That'll show him what I think of that threat. I don't see a thing. Just the same. Yes, might. sir. Imagine trying to scare us into taking. Uh, 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 what'd you say? I said I can't see anything wrong. What are you talking about? Oh well, well, ever since that threatening phone call yesterday and the attack on our watchman last night, I've been expecting trouble. But I can't. Oh, relax, scenes. relax. You're always expecting trouble. Oh. But I tell you, racketeers are all cowards. They were trying to bluff us. Maybe so. But overconfidence leads to trouble. After all, they've already committed two murders. What makes you think they'd stop it? Quick, Scott, that press motor. Huh? Oh, well, what, Kent? Huh? Oh, uh, quick, Chief. Get into the city room. Hurry! Hey, hey! Quit pushing me. Uh, hurry, Chief, hurry! Chief, something's happening. Whoa, 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 what's the matter? For heaven's sake, hurry out there. And check it. There he's gone. Now out of his clothes. This is a job for Superman. I see dynamite in that press motor, and McKay's almost at the switch. Out through that open window. Away! Flashing out through the window, Superman streaks downward with the speed of light and zooms through another window in the press room ten stories below. Just as Foreman McKay pulls the master switch that sends power humming through the cables. Like a rocketing eagle, Superman sweeps two workmen aside. and hurls himself across the machine that is loaded with dynamite. A split second later, it explodes with a muffled roar. A roar muffled by the man of steel's body. Hey, what happened? Hey, the press exploded! Well, how come we're alive? Hey, look, it's Superman! All right, oh, boys, yeah. everything's under control. Uh, you, you're the phone of the shop, aren't you? I'm okay, what happened? Well, obviously somebody, I think I know who, tried to blow the Daily Planet to Kingdom Come. Oh, 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 oh. Everything's all right now, though. All you have to do is disconnect this wrecked machine from the line. The other presses weren't injured. Oh, no, no, Better no. get busy. You'll be late getting out this edition, and from what I hear, it's a mighty important one. So get them rolling. See you all again. Up and away! <laughs> Some filthy rat loaded one of our presses with enough dynamite to blow this whole building to bits. On the level, Chief? Certainly. And if not for Superman, you, me, Jim, Beanie, and all the staff wouldn't be here now. Hey, it's a lucky thing Superman happened to be around, isn't it? You're not kidding. Oh, I, when I think of what almost happened, I, I get weak in the knees. Oh, take it easy. It's all over now, Chief. But um, will you admit now that I was right? Right. Right about what? About Tom Stedman, the watchman, not being drunk last night. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it should be perfectly obvious that Tom was slugged last night, just as he said he was, by whoever put the dynamite in the press motor. But, uh... And then but... as I see it, the dynamite has poured liquor over him and put an empty bottle in his hand yeah. so that we would think he was drunk and so be inclined to disbelieve his story of an intruder being in the press room.
4: Hmm.
1: Then they figured we wouldn't bother to make a careful search and we wouldn't discover the dynamite, eh? Exactly. Hey, George, I think you're right, Kent. But who in thunder did it? Why, the real estate racketeers, of course. The racketeers? They're sure. They warned you yesterday that unless you stopped attacking them in the planet, they'd stop us, didn't they? Mm, yes, but... Oh, no, they wouldn't have the nerve Cap. What? I've said it before and I repeat. racketeers are cowards. No, but I tell you... They operate with lying words, not with dynamite. Chief, what more has to happen to make you realize that this particular gang is different? That they're operating a big money business of swindling thousands of war veterans out of millions of dollars. I know, but... They don't want their juicy racket ruined, so they'll stop at nothing. Why, they're... they're, they're ruthless. Look, don't forget they didn't hesitate to murder a police detective and a veteran who tried to expose them. Now they've... Well, they've just tried mass murder. Mm, well, maybe maybe you're right at that, Kent. Maybe I'm right. Of course I'm right. Who else would dare try to blow up the Daily Planet, a- and why? The dirty scoundrels. The, oh, the, oh, now, the, wait, the, the, wait, the, a wait a minute. Wait Take it easy, Chief. Take it easy? After they almost succeeded in murdering us? Well... Why, why, why this is the greatest outrage I ever heard of. I know, but that Do doesn't mean these that... Do those mobsters think that this is Nazi Germany, where they can shoot people who object to being swindled in the... and uh, dynamite newspapers? Yeah, we'll show them they're wrong, Chief, but we've got to move softly. You bet we'll show them they're wrong. But we won't move softly. I'm going to put out an extra edition on this dynamite story. Oh no, Chief! Listen, you don't smoke, do no Chief. Me? But I tell you, I'm going to smoke those rats out into the open. But that I won't. Put so much heat on them, they'll be easy pickings for the police. But, but Chief, I... listen, please. That's the wrong approach. Why? Why? You'll, You'll only incite them to more. violence. Nothing of the sort. I'll throw the fear of public opinion and the law into them. I tell them. you, that is not the way to fight those fellows. Now, take my advice. Lay off them for a while, in the planet. Lay off? Yes. Let them think we're scared. Then I'll go after them alone. You? Sure. We know they operate through temporary real estate offices. All right, I'll investigate every land and building advertisement, contact the veterans who receive circulars, and eventually I'll catch up with our our racketeer friend. And as I told you yesterday, you'll wind up in the city morgue. (laughs) Wish I could tell you how funny that is. And I wish I could show you how crazy you are. Didn't you say yourself, these fellows won't stop at anything? Yes, but that's. And be... you want to tackle them alone? Well, sure, but I... No, 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 I can't waste any more time on such nonsense. But, but I... I've got an extra paper to get out. But, chief, No more can... arguments. But I only want to... This city is faced with one of the greatest threats in its history. I know, I but... you say the way to fight it is with the power of the press. The power I'll of the press. I'll show pre- those murderers what they're up against. All right, And I'll show can... them in headlines. Will you it? Just up? you wait and see.
4: All right, Brownie. Talk. How'd you botch this job
1: I can't understand it, Mr. Nielsen. I had plenty of dynamite planted in the press motor, and I made sure I didn't leave anything behind to give it away. I can't understand Well, all I can understand, Brownie, is that you botched the job up but good. Now the planet's got an extra paper out, blasting us as murderers. And if this keeps up, we might just as well go out of business and hole up somewhere. No war veterans or anybody else wanting to buy a house and lot will go near anybody except responsible real estate agents and builders. Yeah,
3: I know, but... And
1: I... that's not the worst of it. Unless we shut the planet up, they'll queer us in all the other cities. The gold fields we haven't even touched yet. We can't let that happen, Brownie. I know, but I don't see how you're going to stop it, Mr. Nielsen. We've thrown the book at Perry White, but he won't scare. He's a tough rooster. Yes, he is, but... Hmm, we haven't thrown all the book at him, Brownie. But, what do you mean? There's one sure way left to stop White and the Daily Planet. Yeah, what's that? I'll tell you. But if you botch up this job, Brownie, it's going to be just too bad for you. Understand? Sure. But I won't botch it up, Mr. Nielsen. What's the pitch? Listen and get this straight. I wanted to come off tonight. You get hold of the boys and come down. Leaning forward, the square jawed, immaculately groomed, Brock Nielsen instructs Brownie in his next move against Harry White on the Daily Planet. What will the racketeers do now? Late that evening, following a meeting with Police Inspector Henderson, Editor Perry White drove to his home in suburban Brentwood. Now, having parked his car in the garage, he pulls down the overhead garage doors and hears a lock click. Then turns toward his house, where in the lighted kitchen he can see Poco, his fat little cook, bustling about in white apron and high-cocked hat preparing dinner. Suddenly, as the gray-haired editor is walking unsuspectingly along the graveled walk toward his rear door, 2 far-four dark figures leap out from behind bushes and surround him. Wait a minute, mister. Oh, hey? uh, who, who you fight him all what? right. Okay, Ed, let him have it. Oh at Brownie's command, a blackjack wielded by a heavy-shouldered man whistles through the air to thud on Perry White's head. The gray-haired editor groans and slumps to the ground. Rock Nielsen, head of the racketeers, told Brownie that there was one sure way to stop Perry White and the Daily Planet from exposing them. Did Nielsen mean death for the Dauntless Editor? What is in store for Perry White and our friends? Superman goes into action again now, so don't miss a moment of what happens. Be sure to be with us again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman. Superman is a copyrighted teacher appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the Sunshine Cereal.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. Pep. Kellogg's Pep. the sunshine cereal presents the adventures of Superman. What? admonition to go slow, is ignored by his boss, Perry White, whose continued strong editorial blasts against the Metropolis racketeers has imperiled the gray-haired editors very life. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan color You know, I guess I'm a pretty forgetful guy. All week long, I've forgotten to put in a special plug for the girls who are collecting that brand new series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's stamps. And uh, everybody knows that the girls get just as much fun out of those slick-looking buttons as the fellows do. And no wonder, Well, it's mighty exciting when Mom opens a new package of that to see which button you'll find inside. Maybe a brand new button that you don't have in your collection yet, like a Chief Brandon or the Inspector or Superman himself. Or maybe it'll be a duplicate so that you'll have even more fun swapping with one of your friends. But whichever comic strip character it is, it's bound to look mighty smart pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap with all the rest that you've collected. So keep going, gang. Remind mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep and look for your comic button inside every package you open. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere, but you get a prize in every package of Pep. A prize in good eating, too, because Pep is loaded with catchy sunshine flavor. A comeback for more flavor that teases you to eat lots. And, uh, you know, that makes Mom glad, because Pep is so good for you. Sure. So ask her to get some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. As the first move in their racket-busting campaign, the Daily Planet has been working with the police in exposing a gigantic real estate racket in which war veterans are the principal victims. Brock Nielsen, ringleader of the Racketeers, phoned editor Perry White and warned him to stop his expose. And when White hotly refused, Nielsen sent a man to place dynamite in the Daily Planet press room, intending to blow up the great newspaper. But Superman managed to avert the catastrophe, forcing Nielsen to plot a final desperate measure. That evening, after Perry White had parked his car in the garage behind his suburban home, he was ambushed by several men, one of whom struck him over the head with a black jab. As we continue a short time later, Clark Kent enters his Metropolis apartment to find his telephone ringing. Hello. Is that you, Mr. Kent? Yes, Jim? Uh Uh-huh. Gosh, I've been ringing you for an hour. Oh, I've been not trying to run down those racketeers, Uh, but...
3: Listen, is Mr. White with you? Why, no.
1: He went home a long time ago. He did? Uh Uh-huh. How long ago? Well, let's see. We left police headquarters together. That was at least two hours ago. Why?
3: Two hours ago? Yes, why? What's the matter? You say Mr. White went straight home?
1: Well, I I assume he did. Said he was having some guests to dinner. Yeah, I know, but,
3: jeez, that's
1: funny. What is? Look, what's wrong, Jim? I
3: don't know. You see, Poco called me up about an hour ago and said Mr. White was supposed to be home by eight o'clock. Uh-huh. Here it was almost nine and his guests were waiting and the dinner was getting spoiled.
1: Oh, that is strange.
3: Yeah. We called the office and the newspaper club and wherever else I could think. Then I remembered you and Mr.
1: White had left the office together, so I figured he might be with you. Oh, well, he might have had tire trouble or something on the way home and been delayed that way. Uh, Did you talk to Poco again? Mm Mm-hmm. just about five minutes ago before I got you. You did? And And the chief wasn't home yet? no or Poco was having a fit. I'll bet.
3: Chief's dinner
1: guests had gone home in a huff. The dinner was spoiled. Gosh, I don't like this, Mr. Kent. I'll say, I don't either. Look, Jim, uh, I'm going out to the chief's house now. You, uh... Pick me up, will you, please?
3: It's on your way.
1: Oh, no, no. I can get out there faster alone, oh, Jim. please.
3: I... You've got to pass three blocks from my house. I'll you at the ball.
1: Now, on. don't argue, Jim. I tell you, I can make much better time alone. I'll see you later. Good not? So long. Too bad I had to be rude to Jim, but i got to get out of these clothes fast. <clears throat> Can't understand what happened to Mr. White. I'll find out. Uh, Superman. There we are. All set. Now, up with this window. Out! And away! Uh, Leaving from his apartment window, Superman streaks away through the night sky from which snow is now falling. He crosses the great city, picks up the highway leading to the suburb of Brentwood, and follows it to Perry White's house, his keen eyes searching the road and terrain below. Stopping down at the rear door of the editor's home, Wesley resumes his guide to Clark Kent. And a moment later, he is questioning Foco, the little cook who speaks only in rhyme. Well, Mr. White must have been here, Foco. See, his car is in the garage.
3: But I don't know how this can be. Mr. White isn't here, as you can see.
1: Oh, he, he was here. Much more he must have arrived here some time ago, too, because the radiator of his car is cold. Then
3: where, tell me, can he be? This is all a mystery to me.
1: <sighs> it's a mystery to me, too. Didn't you hear him drive in?
3: No, I heard nothing from within, because the radio
1: was making such a din. Oh. Say, hey, wait a minute.
3: Yes, Mr. Taylor. Can- look here,
1: Foco. No, no, don't, don't step there.
3: Where? There?
1: Stay right where you are. Now, look. There's some kind of a scuffle here. See all those marks in the gravel where my finger is pointing?
3: Why, why, no. I see only snow.
1: Well, your eyes aren't very sharp. It's obvious to me that there were several men here, and I think there was a fight. A fight? With Mr. White? Could be. Look, here's where somebody went down.
4: Uh, uh, see those streaks?
1: That shows he was dragged away. Oh, no. Oh, now, let's see. He was dragged this way across the lawn. Come on, Poco. Oh, hurry,
3: Hurry, hurry, hurry. I can see
1: the tracks. They're right out to the street. oh hold it. Uh,
3: well,
1: there was a car parked here. And Mr. White, as it was, he was put into the car and it drove away. Oh,
3: dear, oh, dear. I'm stiff with fear.
1: Well, pull yourself together and get back to the house. Call Sheriff Johnson and tell him to come right out here. Hurry. I'm going out to the car. Oh, always make such a mistake. He's gone. Now, out of these clothes. This is definitely a job. For superman. But I'm sure Mr. White was taken away in that car. There we are. Now. Oh! And the no away into the night, Superman speaks miles along one highway. Doubles back to the village and picks up a second highway. He searches that in vain. Then returns again to the village and rockets out above the third row. Failing to find a car carrying Perry White, the man at steel begins ranging in great flashing circles above open country, above side roads and lanes, small towns and villages. It is close to midnight when he admits the at last and returns heavy-hearted to Perry White. Where, after resuming the guise and garb of reporter Clark Kent, he joins Sheriff Johnson and Jimmy Olsen in the living room. Uh. Yeah, uh, Mr. Kent. Hello, Sheriff. Oh, gosh, where were you? We were starting to worry about you. I was looking for the chief, Jim. Any luck? Nope. How about you? Find any trace of Mr. White? Not a thing. Uh-oh. I can't understand it. I've been in touch with the State Police Highway Patrol, Inspector Henderson of the Metropolis Police. I've checked all hospitals between here and Metropolis. Can't find any trace of Mr. White. Well, I'm pretty sure he was ambushed right here in his backyard this evening and taken away somewhere. I found marks of a fight and then the tracks of someone being dragged into a car. Oh, that's what Poco was trying to tell us. He was so excited we couldn't understand him I went
4: out there, but I couldn't see much Snow covered him up uh-huh. was,
3: Who would ambush Mr. White and then take him away? I think I know who, Jim You do? Who, Kent?
1: The racketeers cheap racketeers? Yes, the racketeers engaged in that huge housing swindle The ones we've been blasting in the Daily Planet
4: Glory be You see, one
1: of them, probably the head man Phoned Mr. White yesterday and warned him to stop exposing the real estate racket in the planet Is that so? Uh-huh When Mr. White told him where to go, he tried to dynamite the Daily Planet Well, that failed, too I think what happened here tonight is the next move by the racketeers Sheepers. But why did they... Quiet the planet, of course Uh, You probably hit it, Kent Uh, This is all my fault Your fault Oh, now, look, Mr. Kent I knew they tried to get at the chief, and I should have kept watch over him every minute Well, you couldn't have done that No, of course not Hey, I'll blame yourself or anybody else won't help now We've got to find Mr. White If he's still alive Gee whiz, don't say it like that, Sheriff Got to face facts, Jim you know we're dealing with murderers who are already responsible for two shootings and an attempt to blow up the planet. Yeah, but you ain't got a single clue to them, have you? Not one. The phone. You're right, Jim. I'll answer. Hello. Who is this? This is Clark Kent. Who's calling? Kent. I am. It's just the man I'm looking for. Oh. Oh. Just a minute, please. The racketeer phoned Mr. White yesterday and threatened him. Yes. Be quiet now. Hello. Hello. Al- Hello. Kent? You say you wanted to talk to me? That's right. I want to tell you what happened to your friend Perry White. What? Listen. <laughs> Perry White's house and company with Sheriff Johnson at Cub Reporter Jimmy Olson. Art Kent has just been contacted on the phone by Brock Nielsen, head of the racketeers, who said... That's the
4: man I'm looking for,
1: Kent. I want to tell you what happened to Perry White. Who are you? Never mind who I am, but get this. Unless you do exactly as I say, you'll never see White again. What do you mean? I mean just what I say. First, there aren't to be any more stories in the Daily Planet about housing rackets. You get that? Why, uh, yes, yes.
4: Sure, go next door and try to trace this call. Hurry, right? Don't Uh-oh. stall, kid, and don't get any bright ideas about tracing this call because I've fixed things so you can't. Now, wait a minute. Be quiet, I... be quiet, and just listen and do what I say
1: or White gets it, understand? Th- does that mean Mr. White is with you? You bet he's with me. So far, he's alive. But unless you play ball, he won't stay that way, see? I, uh, uh, how do I know he's alive? I'll let you talk him to you. Okay, White. Just say hello. Let's go, Mr. Kent. Just a second, Jim. Hello, Kent? Yes, yeah, that you, Chief? Yeah, uh, of course it is. Look, don't let these who sort look of scary, Kent. Keep on with that campaign, you understand? Oh, yes, but listen, Chief, you I... Don't know. argue. You do as I say. Let go me. You, Hello. You hurt hey, me. I don't care what they do to me. Can't you can't stop them with oh, it. Hey. Keep hey. laughing. Hey. Keep hey. the heat on these men. Chief, that? Chief. Hello. Hello, Chief. Hello. Frantically, Clark Kent giggles the phone of trying to resume the connection, which has been ominously broken. Two pistol shots. Then Perry White stopped talking and Kent heard no more. What has happened to the gray-haired editor, whose last words to Kent were a defiance of the racketeers? Clark Kent hasn't a single clue to Brock Newton and his gang. And Newton assured him that it would be fruitless to try to trace the call. So how can Kent, even a superman, track the racketeers down? There's a startling surprise in Monday's thrill packed episode, fellows and girls. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Set. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal.
0: Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes.